When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. So welcome to episode 198. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the podcasting queen. Now, according to my guest today, what we are actively and passively sharing on the internet is very easy to attain by black hats, black hackers. And because we have an inherent trust in people and systems, we need to be aware of that because we are leaving ourselves wide open to cyber attacks. In fact, when it comes to black hat hackers, this is their business model. And as such, they concentrate on lowest hanging fruit. Now, our job is to make it harder for them whilst making it easier for our clients. And joining me on today's show is Mark Phillips. In fact, Mark is a return guest where he spoke to us in episode 176, if you want to go back and listen to that show. And that was all about how to set up a global business. And he's also one of my fellow Microsoft brand ambassadors. Just to recap, Mark is a serial global entrepreneur and business mentor who has worked and traveled in over 100 countries. My goodness. Now, apart from his own tech and tourism business, Mark helps startups and adventurous businesses commercialize their innovations and take them to the world markets. And he lives as a digital nomad and travels full-time. Now, grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to take lots of notes because here are some of the things he's going to share on today's show. Black hat hackers, who they are and how they're using their tech skills to relieve you of your money without much effort. Typical hacks and attacks can take many forms. You may be an end target or maybe you're part of the chain. What you actively and passively share on the social may have you play right into the hands of these black hat hackers. Try saying that, black hat hatters, hackers, <laughs> 10 times really quick. And also what you need to do and not do in order to make it harder for them while make it easy for you to continue to build no like and trust with real potential clients and so much more. So welcome to the show, Mark. Oh, thanks, Anne-Marie. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for that welcome back. It's been, it really hasn't been over 20 episodes since we, we spoke last. That's amazing. Yes, it has. And um, and as we, we said, I mean, you shared some great uh, information on show 176, and I certainly do recommend people go back and listen to it. What I'll do is I'll actually put a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to Mark share his wisdom on that show. Tell us a little bit more about how you're using the Microsoft Surface. As I said, you are a digital nomad. You travel at full time and you've also got a great business. 
Indeed, I can't do without it these days. Um, right now, I'm sitting in the um, incubator up in Mackay in uh, Queensland. Um, I'm lucky to be one of the directors up here, which is a great startup and scale-up incubator. We've got some really good internet and funky areas. So I'm sitting here talking to my surface, talking to you via my surface. Um, yes. I've raced out of a meeting with council and state governments where I was taking notes with my handwriting, quickly came down here, opened the lid, plugged it in again, and, um, and we're just straight back into it. It's just, to me, it's just convenience and speed. Uh, it just, there's no mucking around. You just get straight into your work and off you go again. Yeah, I think what I love about the Surface, and this is what you're intimating as well, is that because it's portable, it, it's not bulky, and how often do we have to travel or go to meetings? And if you've got these big pieces of technology, which we used to have to carry around, it just is just far too, too difficult. And the fact with the Surface, and this is what someone said just the other day, was that it's more than just a tablet, and it's so much more, and that the apps that you can get on it really can allow you to build build a global business just from that unit using oh, that technology com complete technology stack sitting here on this thing i don't know it's a couple of mil thick um there's not much to it and because we're digital nomads we're sitting out in the bush we're under a tent somewhere we're we're at a, a park somewhere we're sitting on the top of a hill we're hanging out on the beach it doesn't really matter you know if you've got that inspiration where you're trying to get some work down, clear your thoughts, you just pull it out and start work. Mm. Um, I'm really lucky I've had it for a couple of years and really pleased that Microsoft approached me to become an ambassador. They obviously saw some of the tweets I was talking about before then. <laughs> They're jealous, envious. I know we get very envious when you see your sunset up somewhere in the Northern Territory or somewhere. And again, you know, um, you really are, as I said, the digital nomad and integrating a business uh, with travel and a passion for, for travel. We have spoken about technology and we know there's a lot of sharing going on on social. A lot of small businesses now are using the internet and social media to build their profiles. But on the same token, so are the black hat hackers. Tell yeah. us, uh, what do we need to know? Who are they and how are they using their skills? Well, it's it's quite interesting. Um, as you know, I've, I've been in the tech industry a long time and more recently I've added some fundraising or funding programs for our clients mm. into our activities. And we were actually targeted by a hacker recently with that and it gave me a real wake-up call. Even though I know this stuff, I was actually quite across hacking and technology and security 10, 15 years ago, but this was right across my bowels. That shot right across the bowels and it said, holy dooly, mm. um, I'm going to have to take a little bit more care. And I thought, right, this we probably need to share some of this out there because apart from the technology, which is very, very confusing in, in stuff, but we've got to learn how to deal with this. Mm. We've got to understand what's going on so that we can be prepared and know what to what to expect. Yeah, and often we we may assume it's like kind of anything, isn't it? We know of these things that are going on, but we kind of think, well, it's not really going to happen to me. But all of a sudden we can find ourselves in this predicament and often there's nothing really we can do. They really hold us to ransom with the information that they've, ta they've taken. Some of the horror stories we hear are just terrible. That's a key point. One of the main things that uh, these um, black hats are looking to do is it's economic crime. They're trying to pinch your money. Okay, So they, it's not that they hate you or anything like that. They want to take your money. You are an easier source of money than anything else that they can do. So while it's so easy, they're going to use this business model. And, and it's a bit like 
as they say in Africa, outrunning a lion. You don't have to be able to outrun a lion. You have to be outrun somebody that's a little bit slower. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, as... they've got to pick on the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was a, a lady that I followed on Instagram and she had something like 42,000, even more, I think, but she'd been building up her profile for quite some time and a bit of a celebrity as well in the US. Someone hacked her Twitter account uh, she managed to stop the Facebook account, but her Instagram account too. And literally, you could refresh the Instagram, and there were thousands of people, followers that she was losing. They were deleting the thousands of videos and content right before our eyes. And I think it was down to zero within 24, 48 hours. There was nothing she could do. I think she got the FBI involved and all that because they wanted money. But I think it all boiled down to they found out who it was. I don't know what happened to them in the end. It was a 20-something-year-old, this yeah. youngster, who yeah. had hacked into her account. So, so the term hacker is, is what we use for these really smart guys, mm. you know, guys and girls. They're, they're, they know technology really well. They can play with it. They can learn. And they're light years ahead of you and I, mm -hmm. who are just a bit, bit more general understanding of this sort of stuff. Um, and some of them do it for good and some of them do it for bad. Yes. Um, and so what they've done is the, the, the black hats, as we call them, it's a bit like the old westerns, the, mm -hmm. there's the, the baddies with the black hats and the goodies with the white hats. Yeah. So the, bad, the, the black hats have decided they're going to use the same technology that we use for SEO and building trust, and they're going to use it to build trust and try and wheedle their way into you so that you give them money. Mm. Now, if you don't know that you're giving them money, that's even better. If they have to ransom you, they'll do that as well. Wow. Um, yeah, strange, yeah. weird, yeah. stunning. Yeah, so you were saying that there are some typical hacks and attacks and that they can take on different forms. Uh, share a little bit about what some of these typical or maybe even some non-typical so that we can be aware of them and then obviously what we can do to, to be able to prevent that from happening to us. So I guess what happened to us, we're doing a capital raise for some um, Australian businesses and, and it was quite large. It was several hundred million dollars. Mm. And um, an apparent investor approached us through some of the social media sites and, and so forth and said, yes, we're in the game of lending money. This is our profile. This is what we do. And um, we said, okay, we'll, we'll throw something at you. We threw mm. them a deal. Mm -hmm. um, I said, is this the sort of thing you're interested in? I said, yes. Here's the process that we use to follow it. So they were building up a relationship with us across email in what looked very apparent, very professional, very organized. You know, they said, this is our parameters. We don't do this. We do do that. And it all started looking quite good. When we started looking behind the scenes, so we're still at the early stages here. Yes. When we were going behind the scenes, we couldn't find much about them. They said they're a new company and, and who their, their broad principles were and they're in the Middle East. Not that it actually matters, but mm. you know, there was a perception that they had access to a lot of oil money. I thought, oh, I just can't find much about it. As it turns out, I took to one of my startup colleagues who's a specialist in this area and I said, listen, Ants, can you just sort of just look behind <laughs> the scenes and just see whether what you can find about these guys? Mm. And he did, and you know, it took about a week. He said, he came back with a few bits and pieces. He said, can you forward some of the email so that I can see the email headers? And that way I know where the email has come from and which service it's been passed to get from here to there. And as soon as he did that, his system, he uses the system he built, just threw up a whole lot of red flags. And he says, holy dooly, Mark, this is a bad one. This is a really bad one. This guy 
uh, this identity, we don't know if it's a guy, lady, whatever, um, this identity, this person has a long history of being a very bad hacker. They're using servers that have been targeted to at least 100 known mass WordPress attacks. Um, he's routing his information through a, a very poor country in West Africa. Um, this is how it's doing. And, and then they looked into you know, the company that we approached. Uh, they, we looked at the original domain name records when their domain name was registered and it was, was set up by this very well-known Russian hacker. Ah. And so we just said, okay, we want to steer clear of people like that. Had they tried to send us anything? No. Had they tried to give us, you know, uh, viruses? No. Uh, it was all building a relationship, you know. And you could see, you know, the next level would be Skype calls. Um, then there would be documents going backwards and forwards. And who knows what was going to be in those documents that was going to sit on my computer Mm. Who knows whether it was going to get around my anti-security stuff? I don't know. But we want to prevent that. So we want to avoid situations like that. Yeah. Wow. Thankfully, you were alerted to something. Something obviously in your gut, your intuition said, hang on a minute, something's not right. Because sometimes you'll get emails and you know that as you're reading them, the grammar is poor and that's just an alert. But they use the logos of the companies. It looks legit. But until you click on the email where it's coming from and then it's this whole, you know, garbly gook and you think, hang on a minute, that didn't come from Apple or iTunes or the bank. You really have to. That's right. So you do need to be vigilant. Um, you need to look at this stuff and you need to have your radars up. Sometimes these things arrive out of the blue. There's no context for it. Hmm. Um, luckily, most of the decent virus checkers and anti-spamware tools that are out there on the computers stop a lot of this. Yeah, there's, there's reasonable security out there in the world. There's, there's always a chance that something sneaks through. Those holes often get plugged by the big technology companies. Essentially what these people are doing, um, what, what this fellow was trying to do was say, okay, you're a person that's dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. I'm going to try and find a way to be close to you to make this happen. Mm. Whether I can charge a commission fee, whether I can charge uh, a consultancy fee, whether there's a loan application fee, and I we're lending you money, but you know, we all know banks in this country charge you to borrow money from mm -hmm. them. Whether it's going to do that, I don't know. But obviously dealing with something like that, that made us a little bit of a target. Yeah. And so in this situation, thankfully, no private information, nothing like that was shared. Uh, what did you do? Did you just no longer reply to him or did you take some other steps to ensure that he just could not no longer communicate with you? What did you do? I, I, I reached out to some of the, uh, the, the tech companies and authorities. I spoke uh, to the head of Microsoft Security in Australia, for instance, mm. and I said, there's uh, a colleague of mine, I said, Scotty, what do I do? He said, don't poke the bear in the eye. Don't upset them. Don't do anything like that. It's, it's unlikely that you can launch any police actions. They're not in the country. You know, sure, they might have broken Australian rules, but how are we going to get them? How will the federal police get them? No idea. So just, just walk away. So we withdrew from that arrangement by basically delaying, and then the emails stopped coming. You know, it was another sales prospect that, yes. that didn't go anywhere. You know, we needed some external verification. So as we did our checking, we found a range of other e copies of other emails and Gmail messages and sitting on, on forums and things like that where this, this identity had spoken with other people. Mm -hmm. So we contacted some of those other people and sort of said, hi, we've also been contacted by this identity. Mm -hmm. um, 
can you tell us about the relationship that you're building? We're aware that you're talking with them. And we got very mixed results coming back from that. So this was sort of, now I don't know these other people, but yes. we were getting similar messages. Mm. And I was like, okay, so there's, it's probably not a mistake we're making here. As it turned out, I was uh, looking at traveling through the Middle East and I said to um, the identity that, oh, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be in Dubai next week. Why don't I jump on the plane and pop over to Bahrain? Mm. And I said, oh, actually, we're, we're gonna be at a conference in Dubai. Why don't we meet you there? Yes. So, you know, they, they weren't even gonna show me their offices. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was another kind of red flag too. Some of the things that we are actively and passively sharing on the internet, you say may play right into the hands of these black hat hackers. What do we be, need to be aware of, of the things that we're sharing? Pretty much anything you put on the internet that doesn't go into a highly secure site is going to be able to be viewed by anybody else. There's a certain level of technology skills, but you know we were looking at email conversations, uh, which would apparently be private between an investee and an, an apparent investor. We found that on a social media site, that the site's front door uh, was secure, but not all of the components of that website were secure. Hence, we could actually see copies of communications, emails that were being sent backwards and forwards. Mm. And it was like, okay, you're right. Of course, that makes sense. You know, you might lock the front door, but if you've forgotten to lock the back door, anybody can walk around the back of a house and come in that way. So we're gonna look at the, the people we're dealing with. How big are these companies? How much have they got to lose if their security gets cracked? You know, perhaps we're not going to have that level of communication in these these areas which are quite low. Um, you know, we know Gmail has regularly been a, a major focus of attackers. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, every now and then they get through, but the vast majority don't. And at the end of the day, Google's reputation as a leading tech company in this world relies on people trusting their system. So yes. they've got a huge incentive to fix it really quickly. But the local PNC association, Perhaps they don't really care that much. It's not worth them while tightening up and firewalling and everything around their systems. Mm. So you just got to sort of think about the, who you're talking to and, and the environment. What, are you in a secure environment that you're talking to these people and should you have that level of conversation openly or, or not? One other thing that I heard too and would love you to weigh in on this is you know how sometimes you get those chain questionnaires go through and what's your favorite color how many children have you got all of those kind of personal things that may seem relatively harmless what some of these people were doing was scanning that keeping it in font and gathering more information around you know the individual person and apparently this is how they hacked into this person that I mentioned, the celebrity um, fitness person, and hacked into her account because some of the passwords that she used was her animal, which she shared the name of her animal, my dog or whatever it was. So <laughs> we need to be very careful what we're using as passwords and what we're sharing on the internet. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm logging into the local PNC Association's website, thinking, I'm not sure how much these guys have secured their site. Hmm. Am I going to use the same password I use for my online banking? Oh, uh, yes. Probably not. Yes. Um, and, and as a consequence, I've got heaps and heaps of passwords and it's a real pain to manage. Hmm. Um, I actually use OneNote because it sits into a secured environment on a secure people, uh, computer on a secured um, server. Um, so to me, that's the way I look, I, I, I keep my messages. There's all sorts of other apps and things like that to keep your passwords. But 
multiple passwords, routine changes, all of that are disciplines. How often would you say we should change our passwords? Well, obviously the first inkling you have of a problem, you change it. Mm. Um, but how often do you change the oil in your car? Mm. How often do you do, do your maintenance? It, it's just a routine thing. Yeah. Obviously, uh, important stuff, the, the more important stuff, your confidential files, your financial information, your, your, your estate planning, your investments, that stuff is of higher uh, value to you, mm -hmm. probably needs more often than what you're doing buying groceries down at the local online shopping centre. If we're thinking then about needing to be really careful about what we share online through some of the social media sites and platforms obviously and even on our own website, where is the balance? What would be something that you could share with us that we can use as a bit of a guideline as to what we should be sharing so that our potential customers can get to know, like and trust us, but not too much that some of these black hat uh, hackers can take advantage of and, and take that information. Is there kind of yep. a guideline? It's a fine line, isn't mm. it? So if you do not appear credible on the internet, it's unlikely somebody that doesn't know you is going to deal deal with you. Mm. So you want to make sure your websites and your, your Facebook pages and everything looks professional. You want to have multiple reference points. You want to have yourself on Twitter and LinkedIn and About Me and, and Facebook and Instagram and all these other things that give reference. So you want your name listed in reference points, perhaps it's the local university, perhaps it's the local business group, perhaps it's the local council chambers. You want to be sponsoring community events so that your name gets out there and there are multiple points that point back to you. All of these are great credibility building things and these actually work really well for an online business because mm. you've got lots of people pointing back to you. But it's the same thing that if you get to meet somebody, they sort of say, what's your background? Oh, here I am. I'm going to check this with other trusted sources. So some of those sources are public, like the Australian Business Register, which has business names registered and you want to make sure that the business names in the same suburb generally as, as mm. or the same region as which are operating, so it makes sense that people are seeing, are building up an impression that this is a honourable, responsible, professional business. Mm -hmm. So you want to put this stuff out there to build trust. In your business sense, you're generally not trying to put too much personal information out there. You know, you may not want to share location information. Uh, you may not want to talk too much about your spouse. You may not want pictures of your kids mm -hmm. up there. You may not want to mention the school that you're at in public forums. Um, you might not want to talk about the social club that you go down to and, and talk. It might be nice to share that with your friends, but even on Facebook, our friends have morphed into business colleagues and now acquaintances, and perhaps some of those people that we like on Facebook aren't as close yes. for friendships as our family might be. All very important things to, to consider. Something else that you've also said uh, in the information that you've shared is that the attacks can take many forms. We can be the end target or part of a chain and targeting a friend or colleague of yours. So the targeting a friend or a colleague of yours, what's that? Is that kind of the things that, you, that people see sharing and copying and pasting or is that something quite different? Okay, so so some people are going to be naturally bigger targets than others. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever signed up for PayPal, but in PayPal they ask whether you're a public figure or you know politicians or other public figures because they know that politicians' reputation is their livelihood and that those people are deliberately being targeted for ransom. 
um, for reputational damage. And we've had plenty of examples in, in Australia where sometimes they don't sometimes yeah. those politicians just do it on their own don't they <laughs> <laughs> you're right some don't need help from black hats <laughs> but um yeah so so people with a lot more reputational risk uh, mm. are very high um and there are some major attacks going on my, my colleague was recently does a lot of reputational rebuilding for instance so you know, there was a doctor who was going through a nasty divorce. Uh, somebody, strangely enough, started uh, launching very major negative campaigns on social media and advertising uh, to discredit this doctor and drive their business down. And so there was a whole lot of counteractive measures that had to be taken. And, you know, when it finally got proven through some very deep technical activities that it was linked to the uh, ex-partner that was divorcing, suddenly the police can, can wow. do something about it. And, you know, so there's restraining orders, there's uh, charges and all that sort of mainstream activity now happens. Um, and there's a lot more cybercrime. And, and I think we've sort of seen increased budgets for fighting cybercrime uh, at all levels of, mm. um, of our of, uh, authorities. Yeah. I mean, we were always talking about building awareness of your brand and, and, and become known as an influential voice in your field. And sometimes, you know, when we do start doing that, uh, unfortunately, we, we attract the attention of the wrong people. But it's good to hear that you are sharing that you've got colleagues and obviously people who are experts in being able to support us if we're in that situation to be able to, to combat that. So you talked about some Someone who's a reputation who helps turn that reputation around if someone does find themselves in a situation where they have been hacked their information what would be the first point of call other than put your head in your hands and just kind of sigh what what would be a couple of steps that we could take well you know you, this is reasonably technical so first question is do you need to let the authorities know you know just by letting authorities know that something's going on you might be one cog out of a whole wheel that's going on you know you could be forming a the police could be tracking this they mm. could offer you some activities often you know it might not be at that level and you're going to look at it and sort of say right do i know the person that's doing this am i do i know this likely can i go and talk to somebody and say listen i think we have a dispute here uh, mm -hmm. I think you're using some techniques to, to do to put pressure on me. Yes. Can we have a conversation about that because we're aware of it? Mm -hmm. But let's say it's completely out of the blue. It's, it's, it's some sort of foreigner hacking into your system and they're trying to hold your ransom, five, 10, 20 grand, you know, something that they think you've probably got stashed around somewhere. Then you've got to make this economic judgment. Do you just sort of change everything and lock it down do, and, and start again? Do you rebuild your websites or new servers if you've been locked out? Or do you actually go and employ professionals? Because mm. unfortunately, these professionals are reasonably expensive because their level of skill is very, very high. Mm. And there is a range of um, uh, professional tech companies that, that help in this area. The, the big end of town, like the, uh, the big, uh, big four financial accounting companies, all have some great tech um, security risk analysis people. Yes. There are specialist companies around out there. Uh, you might find people like the major tech companies. So I reached out to Microsoft and they gave me uh, some great advice on what to do. Yes. As it turns out, I also knew a specialist company uh, that I'd been mentoring and I, I knew this fellow's skills were very, very high. Mm -hmm. I reached out to him 
and uh, and he said yes, I can help you, and um, and so we took advantage of those specialist activities. Yeah. But that's somebody I personally know. Mm. Um, so if if anybody has got uh, something like that 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 looks like it, they can certainly contact me mm. or you, obviously through you uh, to me, and we can uh, have that telephone-based conversation and maybe work out uh, what the next yeah, and we'll certainly put all of the contact details. And the reason why I say that is sometimes, you know, we just don't know what we don't know, but thankfully there are people there who are skilled in the area of being able to reverse this and know yeah. the steps. But as you say, I mean, some of these people, you know, have expertise and there's a level of investment in that, but the cost of sitting with that problem, you know what I mean, and not having the ability to combat that and the steps to put into place to ensure that it doesn't happen again can be far more costlier than uh, to invest in someone that can support and, and reversing that, for sure. Uh, the complete risk analysis of your business. Where are your risks? What are the what are the actual quantified risks if something like this happened? Mm -hmm. This should be a normal part of any business assessment process, the review of your business. Mm -hmm. How much am I at risk? And, you know, there are insurance policies and stuff out there, yeah. but ultimately you want to get yourself back operating and servicing your customers as fast as possible. Now, for people who are listening to the podcast and don't want to necessarily go back to the show notes to see how to get in contact with you, uh, Mark, What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Come straight through to my website, businessinbarefeet.com or right through to yours, Anne-Marie. Yeah, fantastic. So please make sure that you go and reach out to Mark. And just Mark, just for people, because we know, know we shared a lot here about security to help us turn away or combat potential security risks for us, but you also specialise in startups. Just give a little overview of what you can do for people too who are listening today. What services do you offer? What really gets my, my passion going is that we can help grow great businesses to become international stars. Mm. You know, we can we can take great thinkers and get them into business. We can take great businesses and scale them to international uh, exporting capabilities. So I have a, a broad background and my team has a broad background. Um, we, we number somewhere around 20 people around the globe that we work together at all sorts of activities. We often do business models. We're doing some financing right now. I'm involved in selling an Australian business to some Chinese people. Mm -hmm. We're doing capital raises for a couple of new startups. Or, or most of my work is acting as a mentor. Mm -hmm. So I'm available on the phone, on Skype, as a part-time member of your executive team to help overcome issues or more importantly, work out the easiest and best ways to expand your business internationally. Fantastic. Um, so without having to put a new team member on, you know, we do it as an advisory role. Great. And of course, businessinbarefeet.com. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show again, Mark. It always is a pleasure speaking with you and always learn so much hearing you share your insights. Oh, thank you again, Anne-Marie. Hi, this is Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to this interview and have often thought about how awesome it would be to have your very own podcast, to share your message in a much bigger way so you become known as an influential voice in your industry? But the thought of having to learn all about podcasting technology, the gizmos, the gadgets, well, that just seems too hard. I get it. You know, I recently won the best podcast in Australia in the business, marketing on entrepreneur category, and I still use a free and simple audio editing software 
software that was so easy for me to learn nine years ago when I first started podcasting. Now, if you're a purpose-driven, service-based business owner with a desire to make a difference in the world, I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where I share with you the key things you need to know to stand out be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. And I'm also going to give you access to my podcast production workflow and no cost and low cost tools, the simple way to help you get started. Now to access my podcasting with purpose mini training, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's www.annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. Well, there you go. That brings us to the end of another show. Thank you for joining us today. I know that you've taken down lots of notes. Please reach out to Mark and, of course, implement some of those things that he shared today so that you can prevent yourself from getting hacked from those black hat hackers. There you go. I said it without stumbling on my words. If this is the first time you're listening, it has been a pleasure to spend some time with you. Come back, subscribe to the iTunes channel if you haven't already. Um, all you need to do is go to ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com iTunes. See you later, Mark. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.